Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We're back. No, no. We're back. We're back again. Back. Um, what is this like? Is this a record for us? Is this like three or is. four it's in a row? I know it is. It's crazy, and people people are going to be really happy because of the fact that they're pretty much going to get a, a podcast like back to back from each other because <laughs> I'm behind. I haven't even got yeah. the, uh, the video um, uploaded of the uh, the past podcast yet, but it's okay. Uh, it's something I can do. Work born in the morning. Yeah. I got yeah, yeah. nothing but physical therapy tomorrow. So nice. work on that. Get that taken care of. Woohoo. I'll be traveling to see my people. And we will be, for those of you that hear this before Friday, uh, we will be at first Friday in all our spooky glory. Spoopy. Talking Spooky talking glory. about Scream. Scream. Yeah. Scream. Scream, 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 the hottest you know pot in Loudoun County, Virginia. How about this? How about this? Yeah. I'll go ahead and roll a trailer for that. So if awesome. you're, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, to see the trailer, you're going to have to go to the YouTube channel to be able to yes. see it. So with that, we're yeah. going to roll the trailer. Roll that beautiful bean footage <laughs> all right that's cool well i'll talk here and then basically the trailer is going to be in here and then i'll cut this out so okay sweet and there you go so all right trailer so that wasn't that awesome fantastic scream loco scream loco.com i know loco. it's great i love that though i love that you know it's, it's loco scream loco, loco. loud and county but loco you will be good marketing Yep. Uh-huh. We got some smart people. We do. We do. You guys um, do. You guys got some really smart people up in there. But yeah, hey, I'm excited for it because I will actually be able to walk. Uh, oh, that's awesome. that time. I don't know if I'll be able to run, so I guess that kind of counterproductive. <laughs> but I'll have a cane so I can beat people. Oh, please don't beat don't beat the mutants. They're already whooped up on enough. Oh, Danielle, I'm aiming for you, bud. The cane. Uh oh. We're frozening, freezing. You're freezing, and I'm not. Frozen, freezing. Frozen, freezing. <laughs> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna jump into this, but before oh, we get started. I am going to provide a disclaimer here um, in the description of uh, this podcast and then of the video. Uh, there will be a link to a Facebook uh, page. Um, I do uh, stress uh, discretion uh, when going through this Facebook page. Um, some photos that you will see on there um, can be a little unsettling. So I do, you know, stress caution. Um, if you're under age or any of that, 
you know, please use caution when going to this Facebook page, but we do, you know, highly suggest going to this Facebook page to give support and love. Um, or if you know anything about um, this case that we are going to be talking about here, but Danielle, do you want to jump into it? And as far as uh, the details of this? Yeah, let's get to it. So um, this case a friend brought to me um, a couple months ago and said, did you know about this case? Because it happened basically in your backyard. And I was like, wait, what? And it's a cold case. What is going on? So it's one of our little known um, things that we do at Parachills, which is uh, try and dig into cold cases and see if there's anything that we can do to help. Um, with our time and our, our reach. Um, so with that, this case um, is about Miss Jalea Davis. Um, at the age of 20, she left home to go out with some friends. And she didn't know these friends very well, but there were new friends, her and this one girl. And um, they went out and they had a good time at a friend's house party then a local bar and then at some point in the evening in the early wee hours of the next morning uh there was an altercation to which um Jalea decided she was no longer going to spend the night at her friend's house and she wanted to go home and she called her sister Tabby to pick her up and then um she made a couple more phone calls to Tabby changing the location, uh, uh, crying, very upset, asking her to hurry. And then um, there was a 911 call about less than 25 minutes later that a body was found on the highway. And when Tabby and her friend were going to get Julia, they actually came up to the crime scene. Um, and were stopped. And when she got out, she had this super sick feeling. And when she asked the cops what had happened, um, all they told her was that it was an African-American female wearing a white peacoat, which to me seems like a lot of information to give somebody that just happens up on the scene. But uh, she knew right away then with that description that it was probably her sister. So she called her mom and her grandfather who also came to the scene. Um, now, that's well, stop the... Right there, because just without giving out too much, but uh -huh. as far as, like, you know, what I've seen from, like, the Facebook post um, and everything like that, I can, honestly, I can actually understand why the police officers um, gave that description because of the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, unfortunately, you know, this individual was very, you know, you would not be able to recognize, you know, this individual at all. So, you know, to have that description. So like, you know, if anybody did come up or anything like that, it was pretty much, you know, police officer, you know, taking a shot in the dark, but, you know, they, they'll give that description just in case if, you know, th that person just happened to, uh, to know, you know, an individual that was dressed in this clothing, you know, that this on that night. So, and in this aspect, you know, he, he hit the nail on the head, you know, 
Mm -hmm. Then, you know, her sister pulled up and the police officer gave the description and, you know, it instantly clicked. So, um, that's the high level of our story. Cat butt is joining us, um, behind the scenes at the moment, sniffing, checking it out. Um, and just so you know, as, uh, hi gal. Just as Wyatt mentioned, there is a Facebook page that uh, her family has started many years ago because um, this actually happened in 2011 and uh, November 19th, 2011. And so it's Justice for Jalea, and I'll spell it for you, but we can add it in the details too below, but it's J A L E. A Y A H. Well, Not I mean, to be... it's going to be the uh, the title of the podcast. <laughs> so. Oh, very true, very true. So uh, there's another one though that um has her last name included, and that one is just sort of a um a good Samaritan started a, another Facebook page. Um, that one is not directly affiliated with the family though. So the Justice for Jalea, they've got thousands of of viewers. For that one um and so um go there show some support uh if you can stomach it there are crimes the actual crime scene photos there are a hundred well at least 120 pages of witness testimony police testimony family testimony there's all she basically put up everything that she had the mom did of um the proof pictures of the vehicle um so why i gave you the high level right so let me dig down a little deeper and give you the dirt um so she goes out to the friend's house and she goes over early her and her friend her name is kristen bechtold and her and kristen get ready at Kristen's house. They think they might've had like some pregame beverages. Um, actually, I believe Kristen said that they did have a couple pregame beverages while they were getting ready and, you know, doing their hair and all that stuff, which is not uncommon for girls to do sometimes. Um, and so, um, then they went to the house of a friend of Kristen's that Jalea kind of only knew in passing. Um, they got there, uh, I believe, I want to say around eight-ish. And um, they did the house party thing. And then they decided that they wanted to go to a bar called the Nippin Q, which was a pool hall. Um Funny enough, it's a pool hall now, uh, but it is not the same pool hall. It's it's a different pool hall now. Um, and this this pool hall and this friend's house is located in Parkersburg, West Virginia, which is actually only about 10, 15 minutes from where I live. So um, they go to this bar. Uh, there are stories, uh, accounts of Julia having a hard time standing, that she had been very intoxicated um there <laughs> according to Kristen, she drank a whole bottle of vodka okay when you see these pictures of this girl you will see that she is maybe 100 
in 10 pounds soaking wet. She There's... she would have blacked out. <laughs> but There's... well, I I can't say that because I've I've seen some tiny girls put away some liquor and still be standing. And um they said I believe she also then said something about somewhere between the neighborhood of 15 and 18 shots of vodka. And I don't, I, I don't know because, you know, that's kind of a relative thing. Is it a swig out of the bottle? Was it in a shot glass? What kind of yeah. glass, you know? Um, but she had some, she was putting away some, some liquor. Um, and um, a friend, a mutual friend of theirs was an old boyfriend of Julia's actually ran into her and did say it looked like she was having a hard time walking in her shoes. Uh, she was a little wobbly um so they get in the car back in the the one of the boys drove so they get back into his car and um some kind of altercation happens there's a bit of a discussion they think it might have stemmed around the fact that Jalea was talking to uh one of the other girls that was in the group with them her name is Katie Nelson. Katie's uh, ex-boyfriend was at this bar, and that happened to be the boy that Julia was speaking to, and they said she was flirting with him. And um, Kristen had a problem with that because she didn't think that was very nice of Julia to be flirting with a friend's ex-boyfriend. Turns out that, well, yes, and it turns out that Julia actually knows this boy from many years ago prior to this that they were uh, acquaintances or friends um i think they were actually friends and i guess because the other group didn't know her very well they didn't know that she was good friends with this guy um so that may have been what what got this whole altercation started between her and Kristen. assumption so yes so about um three-ish in the morning, they roll up to uh, the boys' house that had the house party, and um, they get into it. And Julia says, "I'm just going home. I want to go back to my car. I'm just going to go home." So the story goes that. Um, they take her back to Freddie's house. Freddie is the boy that had the house party. And they're fighting over keys. Because apparently Kristen has taken Jalea's keys. Because she says she was worried that she was going to drive. And she was very intoxicated. So she took her keys. Um, so she's got Jalea's keys. Jalea wants her keys back. There's, there's bickering. Kristen says... I will give you back your keys if you call your sister to come and get you and you promise you won't drive. So about 3.23, Jalea calls Tabby, her sister, and asks her, and this is in the morning, asks her to pick her up at a gas station that is in Parkersburg um, near where they're at. And she says, sure, yeah, I, I got to get dressed and get in the car or whatever. And it's about, it's a good at least 20 minutes. Now, they're in, her sister 
is in Marietta, Ohio, which is actually uh, where I'm moving to. So I know where this is also. And it's super close, but it's over the river and around some woods. And so it takes a minute, even though it's their neighboring-ish towns. So The um, only thing missing from that description was Grandma's house. I know, right? So um, she goes to get, to get pick up uh, Jalea. She says while she's on the phone with Jalea, she hears her say, Kristen, give me back my keys. And so there's like an argument and she hears Kristen's voice. And so she knows that at 323, Kristen and Jalea are fighting over her car keys. So she hangs up. Um, she calls, Jalea calls Tabby back a few minutes later and says, okay, never mind. Um, can you meet me at the rest stop, the Williamstown, West Virginia rest stop? So where that is, is, uh, north, just north of the gas station that she was going to and closer to Marietta. So she's basically saying this will take probably 10 minutes off your drive. And so meet me there. Um, and of course, I'm thinking as I'm hearing all this, she's not supposed to be driving. So how is she getting there? Um, she tells her sister during that phone call that she's on the interstate. So she's on the, so I'm just going to throw this out there real quick for y'all to noodle over. She's on the interstate. Who's she on the interstate with? Who's driving? Where's her car? Okay, so we have all that, right? You're thinking on those. So then she calls Tabby back a few minutes later and is begging her sister to hurry um, when she's very upset. When Tabby asks her what's wrong, she says, I'll just, it's a long story. I'll tell you when you get here. Just hurry. And so she's super upset. So then at 3.48 a.m. Now, this is approximately 24, 5, 25 minutes from the first time Julia calls Tabby. A truck driver calls 911 and says... I think there's dead animal or something in the road, but it's right in the middle of the fast lane and it might be a body, but I'm not really sure. Um, so this gentleman goes down and he says, I got to confer and he's on the phone with the 911. Here's the other thing too. The, the transcripts of these 911 calls are, are also, um, available and, this one is just heartbreaking because this guy mm -hmm. is like, oh gosh, I think it's a body. I'm going to go back. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to confirm it. But, oh gosh, it's a body. And, you know, and so he's like walking back towards it and he's like, oh, like you hear him go, oh, a truck just hit her or hit it. And I'm trying to flag it down. Like he was trying to use his flashlight on his phone to get the this is at three in the morning, right? So there shouldn't be a ton of traffic, but that's probably when truck drivers are driving. Yeah. Trying to get everybody out of the fast lane to go around this thing he sees. 
And then he gets up to it and realizes it is a body. And he is just mortified. And she's like, turn around. Don't look at it. But a few other people stopped and pulled over. And they actually formed a little circle around her with lights to get people out of the way until the cops could come. Um, Meanwhile, Toby is en route from Marietta to this rest stop. And she comes upon the accident. And she has a bad feeling. And she gets out of the car and she goes up to the cop. And she's like, what's going on? I'm looking for my sister. She's supposed to be, you know, just past here, blah, blah, blah. Um, And it turns out it was her sister. Um, She said, the cop said, it was an African-American woman wearing a white peacoat. Um, and she just knew from there that that was ta- um, Julia because that was what she was wearing when she left the house. So she calls her mother and her grandfather and they come to the scene. Um, and it is a mess. <laughs> and the craziness just begins from there. Okay. So um, it, it, it's so hard to keep this high level because if I go too low, it's like nitty gritty, all kinds of craziness. Um, so it, it really, if you're interested, go to the Facebook page, read all of the documentation, read her. She tries very hard actually to kind of give details that are not bias. Yes. I mean, she, she definitely she very has much her- does. She definitely has her opinion, don't get me wrong, but when she is showing you the evidence, um, she's trying to walk you through it as opposed to, to like pointing a ton of fingers. Yeah, um, she definitely uh she definitely keeps it in layman's turn for you as well. Um yes. and I, I appreciate that. Um, because when I was reading it through it and you know, all that it was just just a little bit that I was reading, I was this is absolutely insane. You know, the photos that I saw, but you know, in each photo, um, she provides a description of what you're looking at. Um, so that way you have a little bit more context to be able to, you know, make your own judgment onto it, but it is rightfully insane, you know, just everything. Yes. And so they pull up to the scene And from the right side of the road to the fast lane, and it's three-lane highway? Yeah, it's a three-lane highway. Yeah. Is blood, brain matter, um, tire marks. It's just a mess. She is found... She is found in the fast lane with a broken leg. She's half naked. So from the waist down, she is from the waist up. I'm sorry. She has no clothes. Her right breast has been removed and the majority of her head is missing. So she didn't get completely decapitated, but it, took about two thirds of her head off and 
just a mess. Now, here's where it gets real interesting. The guardrail down the way, uh, across, you know, across three lanes of traffic, neatly folded. Did you hear that, folks? Neatly folded are Tobby's clothes. And not only was it neatly folded, but it was in reverse order of what you would think if somebody was losing their clothes in a car accident, how they might come off and be left, right? So her bra is the closest thing to the guardrail. Then her shirt. Then her peacoat. And it's one laid on the other, just like that, on the guardrail. Just sitting there. Covered in blood. Uh, Also, after the fact, too, her grandfather actually stayed. Well, I don't remember. He may have come back. I think the cops shooed him away, but I think he may have come back because he wanted to take a look at everything and take pictures. So he did that. Well, he also noticed on the other side of the guardrail, on the grass side, was her hood uh, that goes to the peacoat. It was down in the kind of the culvert area. So um, he actually, you know, picked it up with something, not his hands, and put it in his trunk and drove it. It and the coat, shirt, and peacoat because the cops left it on the guardrail for some reason after the fact. It was just sitting there. She so he takes this stuff to the police station. Um, so now we've got her there, various places along guardrail and the road are brain matter and blood. But what it looks like is there are clear, dark, um, acceleration marks on the shoulder of the road and and there's some blood and stuff there by them and they kind of skid off into the road and they kind of go in the direction of the of the fast lane and up a bit so there's that then they say about a quarter of a mile away uphill ish from her car I mean, from her is her car. It's kind of just touching the guardrail and it's running and the doors are locked and her keys are in the ignition. Um, And that's, you know, where it gets really weird (laughs) as if it's not weird enough. The whole, so they, they're surmising she's gotten into an accident, right? In her own car. Um, the whole right side of her car looks like it's been rubbed up against a guardrail. It's dented at the light, the headlight of the right side. And then it's kind of dented in along the passenger door and back, uh, towards the back of the car. But other than that, it actually has pretty minimal damage for a vehicle that that's going uh, in a fast lane. And that would cause an accident like this. And they're claiming that uh, she drove it um, by herself. Now, originally, you can read the transcripts, right? Originally, the cops say that they think that she was hit by her own car and possibly 
pinned to and drug along the guardrail. That was more than one police officer statement. But somehow, a few days later, um, it actually took them 16 months and they closed the case after that, saying that it was an alcohol-related traffic accident. Um, but this is what they think happened. They say that she was driving alone without her seatbelt on, that she hit the guardrail, then flew, get, okay, ready? Flew from the driver's seat across the passenger seat and out the passenger window however there's no blood there's no hair there's no articles of her clothing there are no pieces of any evidence that corroborate that she went out that window and that she broke that window and that she went out of it um but it was broken out for sure there was also a crack, like a, one of those spider cracks on the windshield on the passenger side from the inside. So they can tell when a windshield has impact where and the, it yeah, spiders, where the, the impact hit. whether or not it was inside or outside the car. So they're saying yeah. that this impact on the passenger side windshield is from the inside. Something hit it from the inside. So... They never really explain that. So Jalea flies from the driver's side out the passenger side. Then she flips up onto the roof, kind of does like a teen wolf situation up on the roof, and then somehow spins around and then goes down the back of her vehicle, leaving some brain matter on the trunk and, and then on the hood as well and yes a little bit on the hood on the back and then um on the roof on the back then on the on the trunk lid and kind of down um then somehow ends up on the passengers or i mean on the in the fast lane and her car drives I guess that's how they think it's locked because she's been in it and she never got it. Nobody got out. So that's why it's locked. Um, they go and they interview. So we'll leave that there. That's the crime scene. So they go and they find um, the people that she's supposedly with. And they claim that they were all, that they dropped her off and that they, they thought she was waiting for Toby to pick her up there. And, um, she claims that at that time of the accident, Kristen, Freddie, and a girl named Katie Nelson, she's the girl whose ex-boyfriend Julia was talking to. Yeah. That the three of them went to McDonald's. The CCTV footage timestamp says that they were at the drive through window picking out the food, getting the food at 3.32 a.m. So I'm just going to go back and review my notes. 3.23 was supposedly when Toby 
got the phone call from Jalea asking her to pick her up when she heard her telling Kristen, give me my keys. 323. But yet she says that at 322, she was in Freddie's car without Jalea getting McDonald's. The only person you can see on the CCTV camera is the driver, which is indeed Freddie. So that really takes him out of the, the equation completely being involved. Now, does he know something he's not saying? Maybe, but you can't tell. And you can tell that there's someone in the backseat and that there's somebody on the passenger side. Um, but you can't tell who's who or who it is. So that's a little, that's a little interesting. Uh, not only that, but, um, Julia had this, there's a picture of it on the, on the Facebook page, this like bedazzled J keychain that Toby gave her for her birthday and she never took it off for anything, yada, yada, yada. Well, Kristen, it comes to find out, Kristen has this J keychain for some, for some reason. She originally told cops that, um, that Julia gave it to her. I'm like, does Kristen have a J and I don't know how to spell? <laughs> like, I don't understand. You know, and even if she was like, oh, you're my great friend because I've been drinking and you're so awesome and here's my bejeweled keychain. I, mean, I, I highly doubt that because I, I, I have just to say this situation, is a special keychain. Like, <laughs> the, the first person that she called was her sister. Right. So obviously, you know, even being intoxicated and, you know, to the point, you know, that she was, that she still had the sense that the first person that she's going to call to come help her is her sister. So obviously that just tells you that her sister is a very important person to her. So I don't think she's just going to up and give something that her sister gave her away, <laughs> even if she right. was intoxicated. Right. So, and it took her months to turn it over to the cops. Um, I think that somehow in the struggle over her keys, she ended up with the J. As a possibility too. Which there's no, I don't think anybody is contesting that, that there was not a scuffle over the keys because they didn't want her to drive. And they made, they made her call Tobby to come and get her. Um, so, I'm much more by that than uh, that Julia gave her the keychain outright. Um, so here we go into the nitty gritty, right? So they couldn't find Kristen. Oh, <laughs> let me give you, let me give you the big old, big old surprise of this whole thing. Kristen, Freddie, and... Um, Katie are all family members of at that time retired or current Parkersburg Police Department cops. Just another thing for you to put in your database there. So when they go to Kristen's house, they're told she's not there, even though there's a car. This was it, it was cold, and all the other cars but one are covered in frost. So one has clearly been driven recently. 
but she's not there. Uh, eventually, she comes in three days later. She comes into the police station with a lawyer. She's the only one that got a lawyer. She got the lawyer 12 hours after the accident. Um, and she says, again, she took her to her house, to the house where the car was, I should say, and made her call her sister. But then here's the thing. You're so concerned. You gave the drunk girl her car keys. And once she called her sister, you were like, okay, now we're going to go to McDonald's. Why would you leave a drunk person alone in their own car with their car keys and think that they were just going to sit there? I'm not sure. Another hypothetical. So that's what she says happened. Um, But again, let me remind you of the times, right? 3.32 is the time stamp on the CCTV footage of Freddie's car at McDonald's. But 3.23 is the phone call where Tabby distinctly hears Kristen in the background, them scuffling over her car keys. So she says she doesn't know what happened. Nobody knows what happened. Now, the cops have that theory of the whole, she had no seatbelt on, so she went flying out across her own car in it and up over and did some kind of acrobatics that ended up on the hood and then the roof and then the back of the car. Um, and they say they pulled the data. So here's their other point. The police, they pulled the data from cars have a black box like airplanes do, uh, when they have these computer components in them and they have, uh, ones that register, um, like seatbelts, Uh, whether or not the alarms were going off and whatever the passenger indicator. So, you know, cars now have the little light that comes on. They'll let you know if somebody's sitting in it or not, if the seatbelt's not on. Right. And well, what they are saying is that there, that is their proof that there was no one sitting in the passenger seat because the indicator light did not come on. And then they said, and they know she didn't have her seatbelt on because the indicator for that from the driver's side either indicated the opposite or it showed that there was no seatbelt in position. Well, Julia bought this car used and it had been in an accident already. And it had faulty airbags. That was one of the things. And then they actually had, it was a Kia. So they actually had a Kia representative come and it analyzed the car. And it turns out that there was a, um, an issue with the passenger side um, signal that it was not working properly, that it was not registering. In fact, if somebody was sitting in the seat, it wasn't registering whether or not somebody was sitting there. So you can't actually prove that there was no passenger riding in that car before the accident because the sensors are, were all off and wrong. Uh, 
and the dude from Kia was able to corroborate that. And that letter is also in the package of papers on the Facebook page. Um, so what is the possibility that perhaps Kristen said, fine, I will drive you to the gas station. Um, and we'll wait for your sister there. Or I will drive you to that um, the rest stop in Williamstown. And then you can wait for your sister there. Leave your car there. It's a great place. You know, it's a rest stop. So there's uh, places to leave your car and, you know, park and sleep and whatever. And so that's a good safe place for a car to be left uh, overnight. And, and then perhaps a little argument ensues while um, something's going on. Perhaps she tells Kristen to pull over. She wants out of the car. Perhaps she tries to get out of the car. Who knows, right? I mean, you drink and you do stupid things. Somehow... Julia ends up outside the car near a guardrail. Something happens and the car is, is accelerated into Julia who then gets hit and pushed along the guardrail. And if you look at the video, her father actually takes a video of the guardrail, which one is like, first impact and then I think second impact um and it's like those if you look behind a guardrail it has like the the wood um bumper and it has like a metal thing that goes over it so it's kind of like this and then this is the part that faces the road there's actually brain matter and blood here on the outside like her head was over and whack it. It sounds so bad. And, and, and bumping up against the wood and metal bumper part. Yeah. He takes video and illustrates that. Now you can't, he did this several days later, I think. So you can't quite see a lot of the stuff, but he's kind of describing what he saw um, and walking it along the, uh, along the way. Um, and that because there is there is blood on the undercarriage um the thought is that perhaps she got stuck under the car and was drug to the fast lane or into the road somewhere and yeah, their here... attempt and their attempt to free her from the car they're yanking on her sleeves or she yanking on her sleeves pulling pulling and out off comes the jacket off comes the shirt okay off comes the bra perhaps and then they <laughs> instead of just leaving it there they put it neatly on the guardrail then they leave her in the road, drive the car down a bit, 
Freddie comes and picks her up. Somebody comes and picks her up, takes her home. Yeah, because here, here's my standpoint on it, just by looking at the photos that you know I just recently saw, and especially with the uh, the trunk. So obviously, it was. Why did you? Daniel, why are you hitting buttons? Now you're muted. I'm sorry. I was trying to blow my nose, and I didn't want people to see me blow my nose again. <laughs> so you just did it on screen, just <laughs> so I, big version of you? So I just decided they should see just me. Yeah. No, wrong button. Yep. So with this, um, obviously by, by what you said, you know, in my standpoint is, is that at some point she ended up behind the vehicle and the vehicle backed into her because she, she, and it backed into her with force to where her initial head probably hit the roof and was drugged back. And then, so when the takeoff point, you know, she probably, and as she was sliding down, she got stuck under and then dragged when they tried pulling out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they realized this. And then, like you said, as they were uh, trying to get her unstuck, um, you know, at that point, probably you know, ended up taking off her her jacket and, you know, ended up like, you know, probably taking off her shirt and all that stuff too. And some aspect, you know, somebody had to take off the top of her clothing because of the fact of the matter is, is, you know, there's no way, there's no way it's just going to be neatly, you know, sitting there unless somebody else did it, Mm -hmm. you know, she's not going to do it. You know, it's just let me me take all my own top off and then wander out in the middle of the road and get hit by some trucks. Yeah, so I'm thinking like as far as basically she so she probably got hit and skidded under and they tried probably trying to get her out of it. That failed. So the next course of action would be, okay, well, let's, you know, go as fast as we can out of here and then that'll knock her loose. Mm -hmm. So and then on when doing that is probably in the instance during that process, you know, you said that, you know, her, you know, one of her breasts was missing. So there could have been a possibility that, you know, she stuck underneath the tire and the tire could have worn it off um, in that process of skidding out. And when she finally got loose, she basically, you know, skipped into the, um, into the fast lane into pretty much like the middle of traffic. Uh, from there so it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense that her vehicle would be further up the road from where her body was and everything that makes no sense whatsoever so obviously and and it's hard to say you know like i don't i'm not the type of person to pass accusations on somebody you know without you know, really knowing uh, the full story onto it, but it, it does raise speculations more that, you know, Kirsten would be the main suspect of this or anybody that was involved in this um, altercation during that night. Now, granted, Kirsten, you know, she, if she didn't do it, then, you know, she was smart to lawyer lawyer up 12 minutes after due to the fact of the matter is, is that they did have an altercation. She knew that was going to get out. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, she wanted to make sure that, you know, she had her protection and then she didn't fuck up on anything, you know, and say something that may incriminate her if she didn't do anything. Now, it kind of is a double-edged sword because it also kind of really incriminates you a little bit more that you're the only person that lawyered up. Right. You know, and nobody else did. Now, Freddie, obviously, you know, he, we can tell that he, his hands are clean now as far as what he may know could be a little bit more, um, you know, or, you know, it could be just something that, you know, to like, hey, you know, go out and get, you know, us some McDonald's and they just use that as a cover story. Um, you know, him going out to get McDonald's as a cover story uh, for it. But I don't know. I don't. It's weird because I don't think any of it was intentional. I don't think it was, you know, premeditated in the sense. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, something horrible happened and the people involved with it instead of owning up to what happened you know are trying to cover themselves up so that way they don't get in trouble um and i think you know a situation happened and you know she was you know probably drunk and you know in that sense you know probably got into an altercation in the car you know you may have you know tried to like grab the steering wheel mm -hmm. um and which caused, you know, the car to swerve off, which would, you know, be the cause of minimum damage to it, you know, swerved off the road, person driving, you know, decelerated, you know, applied the brakes, scraped up against the other guardrail, ended up, you know, breaking a window in that aspect, you know, Jalen's head could have hit the window mm -hmm. um, or something could have hit the window in the process, could have been like a phone or anything, you know, because a spider cracked like all it takes is just like you know just one little point to hit that and you know calls it the spider obviously it wasn't too bad because the entire window didn't shatter out mm -hmm. um in that aspect so i mean that could have happened and when so jalen would have gotten out of the vehicle um to remove herself from the situation because obviously she did not want to be in the vehicle at all um so she was able to get herself out of the vehicle in that process when she was out of the vehicle most likely what happened is is that the person driving put it in reverse to try to catch up to her didn't realize how close she was ended up hitting her and her getting stuck underneath of the vehicle and then them you know freaking out and trying to get her out you know and then just poor decisions after that mm -hmm. completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and at first I was thinking, well, maybe it was a stranger. Like, she stopped at that gas station and was waiting for her sister and somebody hopped in her car and made her drive, you know, and drove away with her in it. And so she was fighting like a stranger driving her car. Except for the fact that stranger she called her sister she called her sister two more times and yeah, never once said anything about like that so so i think during the, so the last i think phone she knew call, who was in the car with her the last phone call that was made to her sister um with like you know the freak out the ball and, and everything i think that was basically in a sense with basically <clears throat> the altercation 
was in the, like probably you know in the middle of the altercation and just you know making sure that her sister was close by figure out and then due to the fact that you know Jalen was you know intoxicated you know might have made a poor choice you know to try to get the vehicle to stop pull over you know in her mind she may not have just felt safe uh in that situation mm-hmm. um she probably didn't think that the person who was driving was going to you know take her to where she needed to go you know somewhere in some way this poor girl feared for her life you know feared feared for her safety and in this situation you know ended up worse than what it could have been mm-hmm. um and it really kind of boils down to is and this is the thing is it's really like all of this really could have been prevented if one person did not make an assumption mm-hmm. and it escalated everything to where these events happen really all it took needed to take is one person needed to go to the other one just clarify be like hey how do you know this person like mm-hmm. you know and you know really just kind of you know sum it up obviously you know you know that the girl was drunk right you, know, you don't you don't you don't go attacking somebody that's drunk because they they don't understand they're they're not able to so event you know they're going to get defensive or they're going to get emotional or you know however it is nobody is a logical mind when they're intoxicated in mm-hmm. any way shape or form especially if you're saying like oh well she's not able she was you know hardly able to walk or anything like that Obviously, you know, this poor girl is not in the right mind to really, you know, defend herself in any way or anything that she says is going to be completely ridiculous and may not be exactly what she means in the first place. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we always say this, be kind to others, you know, show empathy, you know, show it really, you know, in any aspect is this poor girl could still be alive today if somebody didn't want to be a jealous little bitch about right and it's horrible you know it hurts my heart that this family has to go through that the fact that her sister pulled up on the crime scene and you know instantly you know knew in her heart in her gut that something bad happened and when she got that uh clarification from the police officer you know that sucks it's the worst thing possible you know, you didn't get a phone call. You didn't get anything. You found out randomly on your own. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, basically mom. You know, mom, walking in to mom somebody. came up. Mom came up on the scene, and there was a white uh, sheet over part of her remains. Part of her, yeah. Part, and I'll, she I'll says, say it, it's part of her head. It was part of her head. They well, and it, she says, "There's no way that that's a body." under there it's not big enough like that was her whole thought process because yeah her part of her head's over here and some of her body's over here and all distorted it had been hit at least once because the truck driver saw yeah a truck hit it so and i will say um, this is um whatever the, the truck driver that um that was on the scene um and this is another thing that sucks too is um the uh the truck driver 
actually um i don't know if it was a truck driver that stopped or if it's the truck that hit the body onto it but i know one of them had his son riding with him that's the one that called okay so that was the one that's, so you know and that's another he thing part, too. he parked his truck and then the son stayed in the truck and he walked back um to see to confirm that what he saw was an animal or a human and you know what fact, good on that truck driver too the fact of the matter is is that you know he he didn't know if it was an animal or if it was a body and instead of just you know just not worrying about it stopped and to investigate the situation mm-hmm. you know that's that's a good human being right there that is well that and he, is i believe human. i believe he says to the 911 operator we got to protect this this is a crime scene like he just instinctively from looking at it thought this is not your normal car accident no um there was another call i think prior to that one um i can't remember there were a couple calls there was one prior that was very vague and they didn't leave a name and they hung up and they and and the person said this is this is really strange there's there's a car and the lights are on and it's like they're doing something i don't know it doesn't look good like it's a really random this doesn't look good kind of uh 911 call and it was short and they didn't they just kept driving like they didn't stop and give any description of anything and then when they asked for the name uh they hung up so and then he called the the nice truck driver he called after that and then was able to um you know secure this secure the scene basically yeah as Um, much as he could yep and a couple others too until the cops could get there to make a proper uh uh, barricade around her um but i think they ended up closing obviously the whole highway because oh yeah definitely there was stuff everywhere in and out yeah but it's crazy because i was on my way to virginia one weekend um and i had listened to several podcasts and there's actually some that are really good and very detailed about um time stamps and and some of the information and like i said you can find it all on her um on the facebook on the facebook page she's put everything up there um so i was listening to i was binging on the podcast just to get information and to see if there were any inconsistencies or anything like that and um you know it's just fascinated quite a few people well and on the way home like that is the road i take home when i come home from virginia and so i literally pass the the mile marker that they uh see saw her car i believe was at the mile marker 181.4 i think it was and um it's kind of eerie now, you know, to drive by it and see that, um, the gas station, uh, it's, I think it's a BP now, I think. Um, I've actually stopped at that one with my kids because I was like, oh, we're going to run out of gas.
sorry, that just got down to the point I couldn't hold my pee anymore. <laughs> That's real okay. Hard. That's all right. Because, um, you know, it's not a podcast unless Wyatt takes the bathroom break. That's right. My cat butt is sleeping in the pet smart box, which I think is hilarious. Um, so I was taking pictures. I'm going to see if I can go back and find them. But I was taking pictures as I was driving by. I was like, tick, 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 <laughs> taking pictures. And I was just baffled by the fact that this poor girl was probably, you know, scared and she's out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and to then drive by it and see everything really, really kind of puts it in perspective. Um, And, you know, I, I have, I have a fascination with these cases um, well, that do get caught doing something kind of random like this, you know, a lot of it is I panicked. I didn't know what to do. I accidentally killed someone in, for whatever reason. And I panicked and then they just go way overboard. Like people chopping up bodies and scattering their body parts. It's like, how do you go from accidentally killing someone to scattering their body parts and chopping them up? Like I get with the accident part, but you know, the planning to cover up things, I think will eat away at whoever has done it. And regardless of if they're caught and brought to justice or not, they will suffer their own um, punishment. Uh, Because there's no way that I could, if it were me, cause this accident, this death of someone, and go to the lengths that somebody's gone to, to cover it up. I just can't see how she could sustain the injuries that she sustained, that the mess that was made could have been made just from her hitting a guardrail, (laughs) him flying out of her passenger seat window, and... You know, it's just, they didn't, I asked about phone records because you would think that you could see whose phone might have been pinging, you know, around the highway. Because that was also, I think, how they figured out that her phone was on the highway when she called. Um, so why? why it all, when, de- all depends on if they have their, uh, their GPS location on. But I don't think that they even subpoenaed or requested phone records from the kids' phones that were... Well, no, because they they initially had it set that it was an accident. So, of course, they're not going to subpoena anything. They're not going to push anything. If the police, basically, they have it in record 
like that that is like the indecision like and that it was you know they all came down to a conclusion that it was alcohol induced accident they're not going to push that any further but they had 18 they did 16 months of investigating what then <laughs> just basically I mean? taking statements <laughs> i mean that that's all they did is is basically they just took statements of people and it's the thing is and it's, a, it's a shitty thing and it's kind of a conspiracy um outlook onto this you know there's no solid so like you said like you know during that time um you know the uh the other people uh that she was with that night all were relatives of former um police officers Mm -hmm. that worked for the county um and that's the shitty thing is is that you know and when you go into the conspiracy side of it you know but you can't ever rule it out you know we've seen it happen before Mm -hmm. that you know that the corruption within you know the police departments and everything like that you know you you definitely you definitely see it in small towns you know obviously Mm -hmm. you know if you know the sheriff of a uh, or chief of the police department's kid gets in trouble for any way whatsoever you know depending on you know the morals of that officer they're going to do everything they can to sweep it underneath the rug so this doesn't look good so you know and they call in favors mm-hmm. so and it, it's one of those things is i hope it's not true that this situation didn't happen this way but there you can't rule out the possibility that you know it could have been just a cover-up you know they could have you know these relatives could have reached out for favors um to kind of sweep it underneath the rug so that way it didn't ruin um the individual's lives mm-hmm. but you know it still ruins one person's lives it ruins a family's life i mean this mm-hmm. poor lady is going on you know over a decade right now with no resolution the family has no resolution over a decade and toby actually is not in the area anymore she moved out west somewhere and has a baby and so her, mo- her mom doesn't want to leave this area without resolution for Julia because she feels like if she's not here in the area to push to have change um, made on the case and justice for Julia that it'll just be forgotten so she's chosen you know to stay in this area and to fight um, the fight yeah while her daughter is elsewhere raising her granddaughter um so you know it's a people don't realize with the things that they do that the ripple effect of the impact isn't just the one that you're you know the first the first layer of person that you're uh doing the whatever it is to it's a ripple effect they if they have family if they have kids um friends and maybe their friends' families, depending on how close you all are, you know, it, it, there's just a ripple effect to the community and to their family and friends that just is irreparable. And they'll want justice, you know, in and any case. heal from it until they get some form of closure. Right. And it, well, I mean, because it just nothing adds up to where this is just an accident. No, like it does not add up in any aspect whatsoever that, you know, that it was an accident. Like there's there's no way that, you know, if there is such minimum damage to the vehicle 
on the side of it hitting a guardrail. There's no way that she was fucking flown out of that vehicle from <laughs> the driver's side outside of the passenger side door and then somehow, some way, you know, ended up on top of the vehicle. No, I'm sorry. If that was the case, if what would have happened in that scenario is that if she hit the window, her body would have caught the guardrail. And in, in that aspect, her body would have ended up on the other side of the guardrail or hanging onto the guardrail. Or you would think. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's like, the thing. Like, th there was no um, accident reconstruction or, you know, anything to be like, can we, can we logistically somehow make this possibly happen? where a person driving without, you know, crash dummy or whatever is driving without a seatbelt on, hits a guardrail at the same angle and launches itself out the window. Wouldn't you even need to bring in on... a crash dummy? All you need to do is, it's like, you can do a computer simulation of that easily. Oh, all they you probably need can now, yeah. Yeah, all you need is just like a physicist to jump in onto that and you easily can get an answer onto it. Like there, and on top of it, like okay, okay, hear me <laughs> out. Okay, right? so you're driving. All right, I'm sorry. In any aspect of the matter, is is that one? There's no way you're gonna fly out of it. There's too much stuff in the car that's gonna you're gonna catch on to from the driver's seat to the passenger seat and fling you out. You're in a sitting position. Your legs are gonna get locked in place before that happens. Mm-hmm. Like how? How do your legs get up out under? Yeah. <laughs> like I could, I can understand going out of, you know, not wearing a seatbelt and going out of the uh, front windshield. Um, and in, if your airbags are not working in the vehicle, that I can understand completely. You know, seen uh -huh. that happen before, you know, that's, that's completely plausible, but never have I ever seen anything plausible to where somebody is driving and skidded across a guardrail and flew out the fucking passenger window <laughs> my god right yeah the windshield maybe the windshield on the opposite side I, you know possibly yeah but i i i i <laughs> I don't know. Don't this is definitely it. one to rack your brain on too. Definitely, yes. if you guys are interested in the case, please take a look at the Facebook um, link that I'm going to post in the description. And like I said, like you know, if you guys are interested in the case, if you live close to the area, um, or you know, even if we have like you know any you know private investigators that are listening to this podcast, and you guys feel like you know you want to dive into it, please you know take a look at the case see if you can get anything more out of it um to be able to kind of come up with something um to help give this family some closure because they need it you know mm -hmm. hands down they they definitely need it and i know here on our end like we'll do whatever we possibly can you know we're not professionals in this space you know basically you know we dig and we come up with you know our conclusions our speculations but, you know, obviously, like, we have no solid evidence of anything, just speculations. These are our opinions on the matter. Um, 
you know, you take it or leave it, but definitely our hearts go out to this family, you know, Mm -hmm. you guys have been through enough and I hope if anything, you know, it's a long time coming, but I hope that this family gets justice soon. So that way they can finally move on from this grief and get the closure that they need. Yes. And if anybody knows anything, clear your conscience, come forward and, and share what you know and yeah. help give this family some peace that they deserve because they really do deserve closure and peace um, and to move on. And you know what? If you know something and you're carrying it around, you do too. It's time to let it go. Not only do you owe it to the family, but you owe it to yourself too. Because I can't imagine, like, if if you're walking around living guilt-free, then you're a horrible person. (laughs) There's, if this is not weighing on your soul, like, I'm sorry, but you, you are just bad people. So, and I don't want to think that. I really don't. I want to think that this was just, there was no ill intent behind this or anything. Just scared kids. Just scared kids didn't know what to do. And, you know, that's easier, you know, it was an accident, whatever it was, was not, wasn't intended to accept the fact that it was no ill intent, that a bad thing happened, you freaked out, than it is to think about somebody just not even worrying about what happened to this young girl that they had a hand into and just going about their life with no justice being brought to them. But again, you know, it it sucks. I mean, it's going to keep me up tonight for sure. You know, hands down, just thinking about it. Let me just tell you, I obsessed for several weeks over. Oh, I know. I know when you, uh, you brought it to uh, my attention the first time, wanting to do uh, the topic on to it. It was before we took our hiatus. Um, so you've definitely been sitting on this for a while. Um, but hopefully, hopefully there's a conclusion uh, to it. But with that, we're going to let you guys pick your brains. Um, yes. You know, see what conclusions you guys come up with. Uh you know, we definitely would love to hear about them, whatever, you know, speculations that you guys have on the matter, you know, definitely would love to hear about it. Um, you know, what you guys think, actually, what you guys think happened and mm-hmm. what you guys believe. There's there's no wrong answers. You won't be judged for any aspect of <laughs> your no. things. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Like I said, our opinions are our opinions. Your opinions are your opinions. We will not judge you for whatever your opinions are. So if you agree with us, that's fine. If you don't agree with us, that's fine as well. Yeah, that's what makes the world go round. And actually, that's sometimes what ends up making things happen is people talking and thinking and you know, going outside the box and exactly sometimes things get solved that and way. That's called that's called a healthy debate. That's right. That's right. You know, somebody to say, "Have you ever thought about blah blah?" Oh, maybe they yeah. haven't. So check it out. Let us know what you think. If you have anything interesting you'd like us to bring attention to, please, please. hit us up. Let us know. We'd love to look into something and talk about, about it, it, bring up some interest to it. I'd um, love to chitty chat about it. Yes, yes. And 
see if we can't make a difference. I don't know if we can or not, but not talking I mean, about it certainly isn't yeah, going to help. <laughs> it's not. I mean, even if I was just posting this podcast and all that stuff adds a little bit more ears onto the case and all that stuff, all the more better. All yep. the more. The more people that know about this, the better. Because eventually it's going to hit the right ear and then the right person is going to get involved in this and that person is going to be able to help this family. And that is what we hope for. Yes. Because they deserve it. Absolutely. Honestly. They deserve peace. With that, guys, hopefully you guys (laughs) have a good rest of your day, night, whatever time you're listening to this. I don't know. You could be listening to it in the morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. But uh, (laughs) as always, it's somebody hasn't told you today. I love you. We love you. You're the best. And we're proud of you. Keep doing you. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Woo-woo.